Thank you. Welcome to Schmears the Deal. I'm Nick Feynman. He's Jake Seawalk. This is our Game of Thrones recap. Season 6, Episode 5, The Door. Here it is. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Hold on. The Game of Thrones recap with Jake and Nick. So, I mean, right off the bat, am I going to have to take Hodor out of the intro? That's no. kind of a very important question. I, th- I think that it's important to remember that in this TV show where so many important characters get killed off, that just because they get killed off doesn't mean they were what about not, the not an incredibly most crucial... <laughs> I'm just point kidding. being, I'm just point kidding. being, I th- like the characters that are past still uh, are very important to the storyline yeah, moving yeah. forward. Yeah, so. I agree with that. Um, I just, I just want to say I was a huge fan of Hodor before it was cool to be a huge fan of Hodor. Just say it. I think I take credit for that. All right, let's go to the plot synopsis. Um, all right, so we start with Sansa. She gets a letter from Littlefinger. He's back, Peter Baelish. Slimy as ever. He has to confront Sansa about the fact he literally like sold her off to a rapist. Um, and he gives her a, gives her a pretty key piece of information. Maybe. We, it hasn't been verified. So that's True. the question. Is it a trap? He tells her that uh, her great uncle Tully has taken River Run and that she should reach out to him for help. Uh, she then tells John back at Castle Black that th- that the great uncle Tully has retaken river run, but lies about the information where it came from, which is interesting and kind of telling about how she feels about Littlefinger. Um, I personally would have loved it if she had just had Brienne kill Littlefinger like right then and there. But anyway, um, she in return sends Brienne and pod out back into the wilderness to go find him, uh, which is why I'm concerned. It's a little bit of a trap, but we'll talk about that more. Um, with and then we go to Bravos, Bravos. right? Arya is finally tasked with killing someone again. She gets another chance. But it's sort of like a hidden task. It's almost like a... It's another test, be- I think, because she has to kill an actress in a play who literally has a play about her family and her father getting killed. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. She clearly yeah. is affected. Clearly, I mean, we knew already she's not fully buying into the... Man. Well, and there's also a lot of thing, a lot of stuff in the scene where they refer to her as Lady Arya, right? And as Arya right. Stark, and say that she, uh, it's almost the faceless like a dream men, playing out in front of her. Yeah, it's. I mean, they talk about how the faceless men are, are always. They start out as close, much closer to nobody than than she ever was. Right. So. Well, and uh, also it's important to note she still hasn't, she never actually threw away her sword, so she can still reclaim that, which is like kind of her, her soul a little bit. Right. Thorn. Um, so she's tasked with killing an actress. She decides how she's going to do it. She's going to poison the rum. She tells Jacqueline, but nothing, uh, she hasn't done it yet, at least in the show. So we'll see. That will probably be resolved next episode. Then we go to the Dothraki Sea. Where Jorah, pretty quick scene. Jorah basically tells Danny he has grayscale. She starts crying and feels bad for pushing him away so many times because he saved her life so many times. And then she commissions him with finding a cure. Will that bring him to uh, Melisandre and the other people that, uh, and where he tries to find the person that ki- that cured Stannis's daughter's grayscale? 
that's a possibility. I could see those worlds sort of coming together. Yeah, I could. Or I could see him just turning into a, a uh, grayscale a stone man, man and just and just killing people. That would be he'd be good at that. Just saying. Uh, then we go to Marine. There's a new Red Priestess, equally attractive, equally like scary looking. I think we've skipped two very important scenes. What scene did I skip? We skipped Bran going in the White Walkers. Oh. And we also right. skipped the Iron Islands. No, 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 no. The Iron Islands happened after Marine. So Bran, you're talking about Bran seeing the vision of the White Walkers being made. So he's, right. he goes with uh, the Three-Eyed Raven and sees basically that the Children of the Forest, who are now his allies, made the White Walkers essentially to fight off the men, which... pretty. Imp- this is, I think, a very... A very uh, key point. Very key point. I agree. Because, well, first of all, it's all man's fault that they're going to be destroyed by these people. And also it shows that, like, they have a legitimate... They weren't created by some sorcerers. They were created by a legitimately, right. like, powerful being um, who later on kills their maker, I guess. Um, so... Uh, then we go to Marine, where the Red Priestess shows up. Um, she basically, Tyrion wants her to recruit more people to Danny's cause. Uh, she also scares the shit out of Varys. Uh, it's weird to see. Which we have not seen before. It's weird to see Varys unnerved. Um, he likes being the power, and it's weird when he's not a little bit, but let's talk a little more about that after the summary. Uh, then we go to the Iron Islands, the King's Moot. Where uh, Yara and Tyrion, uh, Yara, sorry, you know what I Theon, learned? My bad. Yep, I learned that Yara is named differently in the books. Really? What's she named? She named Asha, and they changed her in the show to remove any confusion with Osha. Okay, that's smart. I guess. Just, yeah, I can see that. I, but that there are enough characters that it's kind of confusing. Yeah, that was just a funny thing I learned the um, other day. The Euron character, the actor is kind of a kind of a badass. I'm going to say. Although I didn't understand the part. So anyway, he shows up, takes the throne, says he says he's going to drown him real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he (laughs) says he's going to get the ships and bring them to Daenerys and force her to marry him. Good luck with that, by the way, buddy. And um, then they drown. Then they drown. One of those one of those times where like know your audience, pal. You're not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Oh yeah. With da- with Danny and Marine. Well, I legitimately thought he was dead for a second too when they drowned. You know, drowned. Oh, him. I did too. I thought that when I watched it, that it was that he had won, and then immediately was betrayed. Y- y- Yara and uh, Theon had like set up some sort of plot to <laughs> have him assassinated and escaped the ships <laughs> while he got killed. No, he and then he's still alive. Yeah, and then he was still alive. That's. I guess their ritual. Do you think that was like a magical ritual, or are they just like the priest times it? No, I, no, no. no. I, I think that that's just the the ritual. But is it magical? Like, did he? No, uh, I don't think so. It's like that. He's it's timed perfectly. Okay. Yeah. He's back alive, but in the time he was being drowned, no one thought to check on the people that could steal all the ships. So they stole all the ships. They stole all the ships, and then we get uh, the climax. Yeah. So then we go and, back and to be really the wall. A, a a truly incredible scene. Uh, basically, Bran, uh, everyone's asleep. Bran decides he wants to go a little on a little time travel adventure of his own. Uh, turns out the reason why the Three-Eyed Raven has been controlling him so much is because, uh, spoiler alert, the White Walkers can see him. And the Night King 
grabs his arm and that breaks the magical seal that has kept them out of the cave where they have been. Um, he gets back. Basically, the three-eyed raven says, "You're an idiot. Let's go look at some things before you get before we all get killed." Short summary. They uh, so they go into the past. They go to a moment at Winterfell. Turns out they're actually the White Walkers are actually there pretty much already. Uh, they attack the children of the forest. Don't do a very good job staving them off, and um. Well, it's like a million against eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do have some cool fireballs, though. Those were cool. They do have some cool fireballs. Those were cool, but you think they should have had more of them. If they had more of them, it wouldn't be a problem. Why do they only stockpile six? <laughs> anyway, uh, so Bran, they're trying to wake Bran up. Um, he's in the past in Winterfell. He's looking at Hodor because Hodor, Hodor in real life is freaking out and terrified um, and there's this amazing climactic scene at the end where they're running. He finally gets to Hodor. He walks into Hodor. Walks into Hodor. They're running down the hallway, um, and Mira's screaming, "Hold the door! Hold the door!" And they they did an amazing job with this in the show. I think they did the director of having the cutbacks between what was happening in real life, what was happening in with Bran in the past, and going back and forth. And honestly, the Hodor kid character did a good job. Yeah, it was great. Um, it was ve- it was very good. I didn't cry. <laughs> I actually know a lot of people that did, um, but he, honestly, I sort of I guessed all along Hodor had a purpose. I thought it would be much much smaller than that. Although that was not the biggest thing in the world, it was just it iconic. wasn't the biggest thing in the world. But it was still awesome to see. Kind of unexpectedly, something come full circle. Six, something come full circle yeah. that we didn't realize needed to come full circle. I looked. There's, some, there's something. There's like something really the uh, nice about that. Of the show. Yeah, because he, he starts. He's been, he's been around for a long time. He starts caring for Bran as soon as he falls from the wall. Right. So uh, there are a number of implications for for that last plot uh, twist. So the question is. So Bran, we know now for sure Bran can affect the past. We know that for sure. We do. We do. He affected the past. Whether or not it was meant to be as like a destiny thing because the Three-Eyed Raven told him to do it uh, doesn't mean he didn't affect the past. He can. Right. So, But the, qu- the question for me becomes what is his place in time travel now? It's not that he's going to go and just affect things left and right. Is it his job to make sure things happen that were supposed to happen? If that makes sense. Well, I think that there's a very important piece of dialogue that the that belongs to the Three-Eyed Raven, where he says the ink is dry. Right. Meaning that nothing Bran does can affect the present. And so maybe he is meant to go back into the past and change things, but that's only to make it so that it is the way it is. That's what I mean. He, but that, but sti- that's still a big role. If that's what the, yeah, but it's not going to, it's not going to change anything we've seen. Correct. But it still will be interesting. It might give new meaning behind scenes. We've seen already right? where he was behind things changing or people getting out or even the mad king theory which we talked about there's last a, week which is pretty interesting that there's also is in the head yeah there's also the implication that bran can now not go south of the wall why because the door at the wall was has the exact same uh 
spell as the one at the uh, at the cave, and it's made out of a weirwood door. So if he goes and south of the wall, if he, he goes through it, everything. he breaks the magic exactly. That would be bad. That I would didn't be bad. That. That, that would yeah. be very bad. So there's now so there's now the implication that Bran can now never go south of the wall ever again. God damn it, Bran! He's definitely going to go south of the wall, right? Hundo, I, un- I, un- I unfortunately think yes, and I think that he's going to be the reason the White Walkers get through the wall. Does he not? You think he doesn't realize that? Well, we'll see. I think that, well, prediction time. I think he's about to run into old Uncle Benjamin. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that old Uncle Benjamin's going to know a thing or two about the mark and is going to tell him that he can't. Okay. So he's going to do it anyway. Because I think old Uncle Benjamin might have the same thing. So one of the people I was watching with, um, one of the people I was watching with on Sunday said, uh, Asked an interesting question: Is the series about Bran? Then, is he the main character? It's a it's, no. They're, well, they're it's two TBD kind ones. of. They're two obvious main characters, right? But, but is he sort of a sneaky, maybe even third? Well, it depends on what your definition of main character is. Like, in terms of how big of a role they play, maybe. In terms of screen time, no. Right. But in terms of how big of a role they they play, I think that that's kind of TBD. Right, we'll, we'll see, see what he does. because if if you're right and he's kind of had a role in basically everything that's happened so far, and we just haven't known it, then yes, undoubtedly yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, let's talk about Sansa and Littlefinger for a second. So, seemingly Littlefinger is not in control in this scene, but we have not, and this goes to the Varys thing as well. This was an episode. The first one maybe ever where both Varys and Littlefinger seemingly got caught off guard. The question is, did they actually, or is Littlefinger sending Sansa or Brienne into a trap? What do you think? What that? I mean, that's sort of what I think is going on. A lot of people think that Peter Baelish is sending Sansa into a trap, but I think that a lot of people kind of forget the core of his character which is that he will do he would do anything for Catelyn and I think he will do anything for Sansa. He's but he also um, sold her for lack of a better term to a guy that I actually think that he didn't know that. I think that he believed Roose Bolton had a little bit tighter of a reign on Ramsay and I don't think he and I don't think he fully knew just how whack Ramsey was so I think it's a trap for this reason I think that his entire goal is to take over Winterfell because uh if you remember Cersei promised him if he could take over Winterfell she'd make him warden of the north and she still is in control of the Iron Throne but and but I, th- big, I, I do think he wants that but I think he it. wants that in marriage to Sansa interesting I agree with you in his motive. I think that he is the. I do think that that is his motive. But I think that he's just. I think he wants to do it as husband to Sansa because that would also give him um, a rightful place as the head of right. Winterfell. Right. Okay. Um, just one point I want to make about the Hodor stuff, and it, it's been true at other times in this series. Um, he was a very Hodor was a very obvious one. That it seems each character is a commodity. They have like a, a specific role to play. And it's it's been really interesting and kind of brilliant to watch through the whole course of the whole show how people have grown and changed. And we don't know what roles some of them are supposed to play. So, like, 
Bran, we don't know yet. Arya, we don't really know yet. It seems that Danny's going to be going for the throne, but we don't know her final role. But the a lot of the like setup characters like Hodor and other others like that have it's interesting when their roles sort of come to an end, when that sort of comes to fruition. Um, and I'm sort of wondering if a lot of the next couple of episodes we're going to see more of people like that. I think going you're by about the to, wayside. It it has the season has a sort of ominous feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. More than seasons past, it, feel, it feels like it's not building to anything at all optimistic. Right, um, and I think that a lot of main characters are about to be cut. Interesting, like big time. That'll be. I mean, th- they kind of have to in order to keep it moving, wouldn't it? I think that the battle up north is going to have like major, major casualties. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think I told you I think Brienne's going to go in that one, but we'll see. Maybe she'll. Maybe she won't even make it past this potential trap. I guess who knows. Maybe. Um, that's. I mean, that's pretty much it for me. You know, it, it would be kind of horribly funny and horrible. We've postulated how the series ends already, but. If just the White Walkers kill everyone, that's it. <laughs> so I th- I think that what's going to happen is I think that well, the, they're going to defeat the White Walkers. Well, I think the dragons are going to play a big role in defeating yeah, the White Yeah, I think that the White Walkers are going to be defeated, and then they're going to realize that just like in 200 years they'll come back, and it's going to be the same thing all over again. They rebuild the wall. They rebuild the wall. It's going to be the same thing. They, they're going to rebuild the wall. The White Walkers are going to retreat. They're going to go into the woods, and it's going to just be the same thing all over again. And, it'll that's be, how I th- and they'll be waiting for the prince that was promised once again. And that's, and that's, and that's going to be how the show ends. It's going to be wow. totally bittersweet. Wow. I still, I still have my money on the annoying cliffhanger ending. But, you know. <laughs> I think that's how this season's going to end. I think this season's supposed to end on a cl- like crazy cliffhanger. Really? Yeah. Damn. Which I hate. Yeah, me too. Because then you have to wait another eight months, and then <laughs> Kit Harrington is doing fake interviews all over the place again. Oh, and for a year. Then <laughs> apologizing to fans and coming out on the cover of a magazine. Do, when, at what point do you think Daenerys gets to uh, Westeros? Oh, well. Do you, think, do you think it happens this season? Yes, I do. I, I will say, though, that I think Euron is the guy that burned all the ships at the first episode. Of the show. I think it's definitely possible uh, because who else would have the incentive to do that? The sons of the harpy right. want her to go away. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I think he's going to be an interesting character because she sort of Daenerys needs someone to fight against. Always, she's sort of a powerful figure. She doesn't do well in like the ruling, so maybe this will give her that. It sets up for a pretty cool uh, potential for a ship battle. True. True, the last big ship battle we had was King's Landing where Tyrion burns all of Stannis' ships. Which I wouldn't was call that as much of a ship battle as it was a ship massacre. Yeah, ship massacre, yeah, seriously. So that's that'll do it, I guess, for season six, episode five. The door, Hodor. Rest in peace, Hodor, man. Rest in peace, uh Summer, the dire wolf. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Rest Summer. in peace, the three eyed raven. A lot of dire wolves Re- have died. Rest in, there's only one left. Well, in theory, yes. Which ones have we not seen die? Some people think Rickon's direwolf oh. is not dead. Lol. TBD. No, I think not TBD. You think D dead? I think I think D. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair. 
Um, um, rest- as I as I as I ask before we finish up every every episode, who do you think uh, who do you think is next to bite it? I think Brienne. You think she's next to bite yes. it? Yes. Ooh. I do. I think this is a trap for her. I think the whole. I think that to me, this entire season has been screaming she's about to die. I don't know why, but that's just what's been. I think Walder Frey is about to get the, get the axe. Ooh. Interesting. All right, cool. I'm excited. Uh. Check out the main podcast. We had an extra schmear on Monday, which was a lot of fun. We are off for Memorial Day, but we'll be back uh, the week after. Yeah, and we'll put out one of our favorite, right. uh, one of our favorite interviews. And like we always say, we'll do better next time. And stay toasty out there. This week's Game of Thrones recap was produced by Nick Feynman and Jake Seawalk in association with Team Panther Productions. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes, and for more information, please visit schmearsthedeal.com.